the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul FM 107.5 K298 CO Minneapolis Intelligent Radio With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Texas Senator Ted Cruz says he's praying for Uvalde, Texas in the wake of this week's school shooting. Speaking to the National Rifle Association's annual convention, former President Trump said last night the nation is grieving over the school attack. As we gather this week, citizens across this state and across this nation are filled with grief in the wake of the heinous massacre of Rob Elementary School in Uvalde. You know all about that and what a horrible, horrible thing it was. Meanwhile, as more details emerge about the police actions on the day of the shooting, Texas Governor Greg Abbott says he was misled about the response and that he is furious about that. Meanwhile, the investigation continues into the motivations of the 18-year-old gunman who left 19 children dead along with two of their teachers. This is SRN News. Dr. Sebastian Gorka sees the left using another crisis. What happened here is simple and straightforward. Terrorism. Domestic terrorism. They're using it. The bodies haven't been buried. The attack in Buffalo is being exploited, is being perverted for political purposes. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 2 on AM 1280. The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. The Kirby and Christina Realty Studios. Mitchburg is on the way here with the Northern Alliance Radio Network. This is Marshall, and for today, a beautiful afternoon, mostly sunny, expected high around 84. Don't forget to remember this weekend, those who gave their ultimate, the ultimate sacrifice for the defense of this, the greatest country on God's green earth. This is AM 1280, The Patriot. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. <laughs> now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy, moldy institutional blue. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot. My name, Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info, bringing the Twin Cities the truth for going on 20 years now. This broadcast itself, the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, uh, itself now going on uh, almost uh, 18 years, actually. We're just 10 months away from our 18th birthday on the air here, which is just the way we like it. The longer, the better. This is, in fact, this, this broadcast has lasted far longer than my original radio career. Uh, such as it was, and I think I may have actually made more money doing the show than I did on my first radio career, including the full-time jobs that I actually worked as a 40- to 60-hour-a-week day job. Anyway, great to have you all here. As I joke occasionally, uh, the worst day on the air is better than the best day off the air. And it's days like today, days that are just begging for me to jump on the bike and ride out to Stillwater and enjoy a day up and down the uh, the shores of a newly opened, uh, newly mask-free, newly free sort of state of Minnesota is is difficult. And yet the draw of being on the air, getting to talk to you, a few thousand of my closest friends, is enough to say, eh, I'll ride out to Stillwater at 3.30 today. I, I've, I've, I can do this. There's plenty of time to do both. And, and by the way, I forget if it was two or three or five weeks ago, if it was just last week, when Governor Klink, I I think it was within the last two weeks now, that the CDC abruptly reversed course. That's right. We talked about it last weekend on the show. Thank you. And uh, when when I 
and and it caused all sorts of confusion and and we had this quick very i was going to say nimble but it wasn't in nimble it was just a panicky reversal of course and we talked about this on the show last week as indeed uh, ben shapiro and other uh, members of the salem community did the week before that and that is the reason for this was not the science changing the reason for it was well political expediency joe biden has had a no good, very bad 120 or so days in office right now, and they need to shake something out. And it reminded me, it, it reminded me of something that, that, that as, as I watched local governments and businesses react to the lifting of the mask mandate, it, it brought me back to an episode from, well, gosh, 32 years ago. Let me explain. One of the, the signal moments of my life uh, was the fall of the Berlin Wall. And the Berlin Wall fell initially, not with a bang, but with, with a whimper. I mean, there had been, since the late 1970s, early 1980s, there had been fractures appearing in the Eastern Bloc, especially in the satellite countries, the vassal states of East Germany, uh, especially Poland and what we used to be called Czechoslovakia and Hungary, places with long small l liberal traditions long desires to govern themselves also the baltic states especially estonia but also latvia and lithuania uh places that had a long tradition of self-governance a fair amount of their own ethnic nationalistic pride and not a whole lot of love lost for the russians who had inherited them uh thanks to franklin delano roosevelt's bad negotiating at yalta at any rate we started to, I, mean, I mean, up until the very last moment in the summer of 1989, it looked like, I mean, nobody was predicting that communism was going to fall. Nobody. And everyone said, I mean, you, you talk to liberals these days, not necessarily progressives who kind of bet on the other side, but liberals. And they say, well, literally everyone figured that the Soviet Union was going to fall eventually. Uh, to which I respond, name them. And show me a sight. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza, in his excellent biography of Ronald Reagan, excellent and very readable and not very long biography of Ronald Reagan from 30 years ago, ran down the list of Western intellectuals who, were, who after 1993 and 1994, were saying, yeah, everyone knew it was going to happen. Everyone knew it was going to happen. And Dinesh D'Souza did a little digging, did a little, little research, and found... What every last one of these public intellectuals had been saying back in the 1970s and up, up into the late 1980s, up to and including Bill Clinton's, quote, expert Sovietologist, end quote, Strobe Talbot. Remember that name from the deep, dark, dank past? Who as late as, well, who was saying the Soviet Union is going to be here forever and we might as well get used to it. He said this mere weeks before the standoff at the uh, at the Kremlin and the, the standoff between Boris Yeltsin and the hardliners in the Kremlin and, and elsewhere in Moscow led to a brief flash of armed struggle and the downfall of the Politburo and the downfall of what we used to call the Soviet Union. It was a matter of weeks at the out. Let's be charitable. A matter of months before the USSR fell. That America, the greatest Sovietologist in history, said that the Soviet Union was here to stay. And I guess I can understand why someone with the job title Sovietologist would want to, the Soviet Union to stick around. I mean, you spend years, decades building expertise uh, in something that you can market to government and to business and to foreign policy wonks and to Foggy Bottom. It. I mean, I mean, having the Soviet Union go away has got to feel a little bit like being a buggy whip manufacturer in about 1920. There's not much need for you anymore. I mean, there's only so many places that teach Soviet history. Actually, that's probably intentional. If they taught Soviet history, honestly, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez would still be working as an intern for Bernie Sanders. Anyway, it was interesting a few years ago. Uh, as we hit the 30th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall, watching some of the retrospectives of that fall of the Berlin Wall. I posted a bunch of them on my blog back then, and I did it again this past week um, as I made this observation. Because, I mean, even today, watching some of the, the news coverage 
of the of the episode of the fall of the Berlin Wall is just otherworldly, and and it was as unbelievable now as it was back then because it was it fell with a whimper, not a bang. There had been decades of complete control with the KGB and the Stasi going after, I mean, the original cancel culture, let's be honest, going after every dissident that they could, that they could find and shipping them off to Siberia. And yet, in 1989, an East German government officials inadvertent slip up basically saying, yeah, we'll open up the, the wall, and so all of you East German, uh, East Berliners, really, uh, can go visit the West. It caused a huge uproar. Tens of thousands of East Berliners massed at the various gates, massed, M-A-S-S-E-D, gathered in, in immense, unruly, well, I mean, by German standards, unruly. I mean, German Ger- for Germans, unruly means having a cigarette without an ash, ashtray nearby. But still, in context, that's pretty radical for a bunch of Germans, especially East Germans, especially East Germans who grew up watching for the representatives of the most intrusive police state in history, the Stasi, uh, from turning them in and sending them off to the Stasi's prison system. And yet there they were. They were gathered because one official in the middle of a televised meeting, said, ah, sure, we'll open up the border. Why not? Basically a a flub, a a brain um, exhalation, shall we say. I can't use the other term on on a Salem radio station, I don't think. At any rate, you all get the point. And as these crowds of tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of people built up at the various crossing points, of which there were, I think, six or seven to get from East Berlin into West Berlin, all of them under tight military control, uh, the, the few gates and crossing points between uh, the, the East and the West, the few that weren't guarded with minefields and, and guards with, with machine guns and, and guard dogs that were trained to gnaw your leg off. And eventually... At one of these checkpoints, a place called Bornhomostrasse, which is a bridge over the Berlin Wall, an old overpass from before World War II that had been not been torn down, had been kept as a checkpoint going over the Berlin Wall, in the immortal words of Johnny Rotten. And finally, this, this and, and by the way, this is the subject of a, of a hilarious German, well, to me, hilarious German TV series from about 10, 12 years ago called... Bornholmerstrasse, and I believe it's been released with uh, subtitles. I watched it in the original German because I'm a boss like that. Ich spreche gern Deutsch, but it's Berlin German, so it took some effort. Anyway, the sub it's out with subtitles now. I do urge you to watch it if you like to watch that a a dark comic view of that point in history. It's probably the finest movie I've seen on the fall of the Berlin Wall. It's East uh, West German television, well German television movie. And the the guy who was in command of this gate finally saw all these people and said, whatever, go, just go, stop yelling at me, and just go visit visit West Berlin and come back if you want. And don't and he's just warning, he reminded me like a dad, father of teenagers, going fine, whatever, stay out till ten instead of nine. I, as long as I don't have to hear you all yapping at me anymore, I don't care. That's basically what it boiled down to. And that let the genie out of the bottle. Hundreds of thousands of East Berliners flocked into West Berlin and lived like human beings, like Westerners, like like free people for an evening. And one evening wasn't enough. And that led in very short order to the collapse of East Germany, which led the dominoes to fall. Czechoslovakia, Hungary, Poland, uh, the Baltic states, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Bulgaria, they all fell in short order. Some, most of them peacefully. Estonia, not so much. It took it took that Estonian fighting spirit to bring that one about or to accelerate. And in Romania, well, Ceausescu didn't go out willingly, so he was escorted out of office and from this mortal coil by force. But for weeks after that, you saw the East German government and the rest of the communist governments backing and filling and trying to do damage control and trying to put the genie back into the bottle. And I was reminded of that this past week as I watched cities like Minneapolis and St. Paul saying, uh, science, schmience, we're going to keep the mask mandate in place. And as I watched stores like Menards, 
uh, keep their mask mandates in place, even though the Centers for Disease Control and the National Institutes of Health both said, if you're a big box store and people are vaccinated, it's just really fairly pointless. It reminded me, uh, watch it, listening to, to government backing and filling and trying to put the genie back in the bottle, trying to pe- put people's masks back on of that particular episode in history. And in its own way, it was the most amazing bit of deja vu I've had in the while. When we come back, speaking of deja vu, Minneapolis fights the PR war and the war fights back. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. Gun Nowhere. We'll be right back. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. You ever make a change and then think, why didn't I do this years ago? Well, that's how people feel about switching to MediShare for their health care, especially now with inflation the way it is. People are very happy with the savings Most families save about $500 a month when they switch. It's a huge help when prices are going up so fast in so many other areas. And MediShare's customer satisfaction rate is double that of health insurance. It's just a different experience, and people really like that. MediShare is an alternative to health insurance. It's a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it's been going strong for over 25 years it really is the gold standard, the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. Find out why people love it. Find out why they rave about the customer service and find out how good it feels to save some money right now. They're super easy to talk to. Here's the number, 855-94-BIBLE. That's 855-94-BIBLE, 855-94-BIBLE. In 2008, I wrote The Dumbest Generation. This is Mark Bauerlein. The millennials I wrote about have grown up now with little faith, patriotism, knowledge, art and literature, civics, without purpose and looking to fill the void. They found the answer in utopian dreams of perfect justice and universal happiness that will only disappoint them. My new book, The Dumbest Generation Grows Up, From Stupefied Youth to Dangerous Adults, lays out the wreckage and shows how to rescue the next generation. Get Mark Bauerlein's timely new book, The Dumbest Generation Grows Up, wherever books are sold. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. That's 800-824-3853. 824-3853. Take your favorite Patriot hosts with you wherever you go by downloading our app. Listen to your favorite shows, see our social media posts, enter exclusive contests, and more. Just search for AM 1280 The Patriot in the App Store. AM 1280 The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Hey, don't forget, since I mentioned Dinesh D'Souza, his podcast is available at am12a.thepager.com, and it is free. That's right, free. Uh, the kind of podcast you should be paying money for in a just world, you get for free. That's because we're looking out for you here at AM1280, The Patriot. As always, you're welcome. So, with the lifting of the mask mandate and the winding down, by all intents and per- for all intents and purposes, by all indications of the of the COVID pandemic, some of the voices in downtown medium, or in in Twin Cities media are starting to talk about bringing life back to downtown Minneapolis, and 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 I say this 
Well, I, I try and keep my cynicism out of the way here. I do. But let's be honest. These efforts pop up in the news media, not out of random, not because some reporter woke up uh, on, a, on, a, on a Monday morning and thought, you know, I'm going to look out and see if people are coming back to downtown Minneapolis. I mean, it could happen. It could potentially happen, hypothetically. But it doesn't. It's like you recall at the, around the beginning, well, towards the end of 2019, and coincident with the beginning of the pandemic, roughly, and honestly, all the way through the pandemic, there was a wave of stories in the mainstream media about how about 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 how people need to consider the upside of eating insects as a primary source of protein and about how much of the world uh, does this already and the United States should get on on track. And by the way, it's much healthier for the planet for you to be eating insects and grubs and worms and the like. And and this, these stories popped up really close to each other all over the media on morning news shows, on on network news programs, on cable, on, on online news all over the place. There were just this raft of stories over the course of six months that came thick and fast, like, dare I say, flies, uh, about the benefits to humans and to Mother Earth of eating insects. Now, it's a fact that much of the world does. It is also a fact that much of the world does a lot of other things that nauseate Americans with good reason. That's fine. That's a, that's an effort that can be judged on its own merits. But I come not to talk about the actual diet. I come to talk about the raft of stories. Because this didn't happen by accident. News people... They will cover things that, that they observe in the world around them. It does happen, especially if it's something that bleeds, ergo leads. But for the sort of lifestyle-y, feature-y stuff, uh, including things about your diet and radical changes that are being proposed by those who know better than you for the good of the planet, it's not like reporters go walking down each street and go, huh, what if there was a bug place here? Some place that served uh, served braised mealworms. Ooh, let's do a story. No, it doesn't happen. They get a press release from an organization that says, "Hey, I've got we've got some people who are here to talk with you about insect the the, the value and let's be honest, the imperative of an insect based diet. It will usually be some nonprofit organization uh, that that." wraps itself in virtue signaling about the future of the planet and getting people's diet away from cattle and and highly irrigated farmland and so forth. But underneath it all, you will find that there's a certain amount of money coming from a new industry of small businesses that have grown up to, well, grow bugs for human consumption, among other things, including in, in, in a variety of other protein products as well. But they want, they want to start to generate the acceptance of insects as human food. And that's all fine. I mean, I ain't buying. They haven't convinced me yet. I suspect they haven't convinced you yet either. But if you're seeing these stories, it's because some PR flack somewhere has been sending out press releases and news editors, news producers have gotten these news releases and thought, you know, I've got to plug a three minute gap in uh, this next newscast. And if they want to send someone by to talk, well, taping a bit out at a uh, bug farm is quick, cheap, time-filled, and I can fill it on three different new, three or four or five different newscasts with it. So let's do it. And this is big business here, folks. So I, when you see lots of related stories about something that is not immediately in the news popping up, you can tell there's a PR flack behind the scenes pushing the story for some reason. And that some reason is almost always someone stands to make a buck from it. Whether it's uh, a bug farmer, bug rancher, I don't know, whatever. People who raise bugs for some proposed future human consumption, although not me. And others that want to raise money for their consultancies in the nonprofit sector. Either way, it's money being transferred from, from somebody to someone else. I say this because there was a, a flurry of stories in local news this past week 
Uh, one of them came out on the uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Journal. More signs of post-pandemic life emerge in downtown Minneapolis. This came out yesterday. Yesterday at 2 p.m. by a fellow named, I kid you not, Dylan Thomas. Hey, cool. Parents are English majors. I can dig it. He's a reporter at Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Journal. And he writes his lead, while challenges remain... <laughs> Sorry. While challenges remain, downtown Minneapolis's progress towards a post-pandemic revival is picking up steam. According to the panelists who joined a Friday morning online forum hosted by the Minneapolis Downtown Council. By who? The people who live, I know, who don't live, who work, run businesses, and earn their money downtown. The conversations between chef and restaurateur David Fema who can't seem to stay in business wherever he's at. Uh, Minnesota riots and pandemics or not. Uh, Minnesota Twins President and CEO Dave St. Peter. Meet Minneapolis President CEO Melvin Tennant and Leah Wong, the Vice President of External Relations for the Minneapolis Downtown Council, i.e. people who, who need downtown Minneapolis to be buzzing right along to keep the money coming and to justify their jobs in a few cases. Uh, are placing this uh, PR agents working for them have placed this story. I would bet you dimes to dollars and would even lay odds if there was any way to lay measurable odds on this. And the reason I say this because, well, it wasn't the only story that came out in the last 24 hours. A story by Leah Bino from uh, Channel 9 entitled Group Pushes Campaign to Get People to Return to Downtown Minneapolis. The lead uh, from Fox 9, a uh, push to get more people to return to downtown Minneapolis is growing stronger between stakeholders within the city. A new 612 campaign aims at bringing together business owners and advocates all work. Again, business owners and advocates, the people who are downtown and, and do it for a living, all working to attract people to once again spend time and money in the heart of the city. Quote. We all have to be ambassadors for downtown Minneapolis. We all have to own where we are, explained explained who? Twins President Dave St. Peter, one of the stakeholders from the previous story from Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Journal. This is not an accident. David St. Peter and, I'm sorry, uh, Dave, yeah, Dave St. Peter and who? Take a guess. It's one of the three names from the previous story that I read from Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Journal. Chef David Fema, along with leaders from where? Meet Minneapolis and the Downtown Council, <laughs> gathered for a discussion Friday to talk about ways to entice people to once again return to downtown Minneapolis this summer. The panel points out, and you can read this in either story, and I would suspect the same, a, a similar story with different reporters and slightly different words came out in the Star Tribune and in the Pioneer Press, maybe, and in the other two TV stations, other two, three TV stations. Because that's how the news works. The PR flack sends out the news release. It's a nice, cheap story to fill three minutes of airtime. A cameraman and a, and a reporter is headed by, or maybe just a camera person, is headed by. They shoot the footage. They throw together a voiceover back in the studio. Boom! Airtime filled. Cheap. The panel points out that currently about 300 restaurants and retail locations are open between the street and Skyway level. That's about 280 more than I thought, to be honest. And overall workforce occupancy is about 80%. I, I believe it when I see it. But it's, uh, quote, uh, part of a larger ecosystem that we're able to attract downtown workers back downtown, said Meet Minneapolis CEO Melvin Tennant from the previous story even on a modified or hybrid schedule. The group highlights a number of summer events that are returning, including Thursday Farmer's Markets on Nicollet Mall, Music and PV Plaza pop-up concerts, and the Stone Arch Bridge Festival, in addition to the growing attendance for the major sporting events. Not part of the panel, the owner of Devil's Advocate, Eric Forsberg, uh, applauds all of it, but still plans to wait until September to reopen for the first time in more than a year. Well, 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 well I have a hunch you're going to see a lot more of that. Because while the PR flacks have been busy doing what they do, i.e. flacking their PR, real-life events still prevail in downtown Minneapolis. Yeah, all the PR in the world 
isn't going to get you past the reality that downtown Minneapolis is just a little bit dangerous these days. And we saw that bright and early this morning, actually very not so bright and early this morning in the wee hours of this past evening. Uh, more on that when we come back. 651-289-4488, the number to call. Join us if you would, please. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. At am1280thepatriot.com, you guide the conversation. Hugh Hewitt's views on energy. A new marker yesterday, gas has hit $4 a gallon in all 50 states. In California, $6.29 a gallon for regular. You know, yesterday, Joe Biden invoked the Defense Production Act for baby formula to make it easier to make baby formula. I think he should invoke the Defense Production Act to make uh, more gasoline. If anyone asked him that in the press corps, I'll ask Michael to share that. You know, they, they, it was a big deal, the DNP, uh, the, DP, uh, the DPA, Defense Production Act for Baby Formula. Why not the DPA for gasoline? Go to am1280thepatriot.com, click on Hosts, and search for the hot topics and issues you want to hear addressed. A massive archive of intelligent conversation is just a click away at am1280thepatriot.com. I just know that you don't find Wagyu cattle in the state of Minnesota. So I knew that this was going to be a big hit because once people try it, they won't go back to another kind of steak. There's just no comparison. Hi, this is Anthony LaPanta, voice of the Minnesota Wild on Valley Sports North and a good friend of the guys at Feller's Ranch. Part of what makes the Wagyu cattle so special is they are raised in a stress-free environment, and that leads to the tenderness in the cut of meat. These cattle, in particular, are raised on a third-generation family farm in Freeborn County in southern Minnesota. This is the best steak you can get, and theirs hasn't disappointed. Every time we've had it, it's blown us away. It's a combination of flavor and tenderness, and we've had the strips and the ribeyes from Feller's Ranch. Pick up Feller's Ranch Wagyu beef at Anderson Barbecue Supply, County Road E in Vadnais Heights, or get it delivered directly to your door by visiting fellersranch.com. That's F-E-L-L-E-R-S, fellersranch.com. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. Free, what a great word. We're often asked if we give free estimates. The truth is that very little is actually free, but we absolutely do offer free, no-obligation estimates on roofing, siding, gutters, and windows, and we feel privileged to do so. This makes me think of the incredible cost of salvation, so costly that nobody, nobody can afford it. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. The only way to pay our sin debt is with death. Ouch! The verse continues with, But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Honestly, there is very little cost to us doing an estimate for you, and we actually get the benefit of meeting you too. But think of the cost of salvation. If you have any questions about your home's exterior or about the free gift of salvation, please look us up at thekingdombuilders.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Don't forget, AM 1280, The Patriot, 20 years strong, dominating the conversation here in the Twin Cities. The other media may not want to admit it, but that's why they are just them. So, make sure you stay tuned. By the way, this station, I believe, one of the uh, two or three, no, three or four oldest radio stations in the Twin Cities. Not only have we been dominating the the Twin Cities political conversation for almost a generation now, and we've been here for almost 18 years of it here on the Northern Alliance, but this station has been in this market for 96 years. As of this coming August 10th, I'll have to, uh, we'll have to get ready for a 100 anniversary celebration. Hard to believe radio has been around for a hundred years. That just seems like one of those things that, and I'm not that old. (laughs) I wasn't around when it started, but it's always seemed relatively new compared to, I don't know, newspapers or, well, uh, the broadsheets that apparently dominate so much of the, uh, the the world uh, in our, in our mainstream media. So uh, we had before the break, uh, the sound of, well, PR flax 
doing what they're going to do. They're, they're, they're pushing the idea that downtown Minneapolis is coming back. And, and I don't doubt that there will be some return of something to downtown Minneapolis, some sort of enterprise, some sort of, some sort of activity, some sign of life. I mean, you go to any, the business district of any major city, even the most crime-ridden, and you find some human activity. You find, uh, I mean, I've been, I was in downtown Detroit five years ago, last winter. And in downtown Detroit, I mean, it's actually it, the square mile right around Cobo Hall and right around the, 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 the central most business district. There's an area in downtown Detroit where I walked around feeling, during the daytime, mind you, feeling no less safe than I did in downtown Minneapolis. Uh, we'll come back to that in a moment here. And you can find the same thing in Baltimore, Newark, Atlanta, places with much higher crime rates than the Twin Cities, New Orleans, Stockton, uh, Cincinnati, St. Louis. You can find places where decent people go out during the daylight. It happens. I mean, I walked around downtown Detroit all day and, and felt every bit as safe as I did at that time in downtown Minneapolis during the day. But... Real life has a way of getting in the way of public relations. Uh, two people died. Eight others were injured after a shooting in downtown Minneapolis overnight, according to the Minneapolis Police Department. Incident happened just before 2 a.m. this morning on the 300 block of North 1st Avenue near the Monarch Nightclub. Hard to believe a nightclub that far up 1st Avenue North is it, it has had a fatal shooting. This doesn't happen like every summer, does it? Well, yes, it does. Police officers were nearby when they heard shots ring out because Minneapolis is desperately trying to salvage some form of commerce in their crown jewel, the warehouse district. Quote, officers observed numerous other people running through the area. It was a very chaotic scene. Officers dealt with a number of people who had been shot and were laying on the ground, said uh, Minneapolis police spokesman John Elder. Elder says investigators learned two men standing in a crowd outside got into an argument, pulled out guns and began shooting at each other. Of the 10 victims, five are men, five are women. The two people who died are both men. Another man is in critical condition. Seven other victims went to hospitals around the metro with non-life-threatening injuries. Investigators are in the process of trying to collect surveillance video in the area. By the way, a shooting happened just hours after another deadly shooting last night in the Jordan neighborhood up in the 20s along Bryant, I believe. Anyway, up in the near north side. They're going after surveillance because I'm going to bet you dimes to dollars. None of the victims are saying a thing, and they may not know anything, but if they do, why would they talk? What's in it for them? The police aren't going to protect them, and they're not going to protect you if you go to downtown Minneapolis. If they get there, they will get there likely they did outside the Monarch. And This is not a ding on the police, least of all the Minneapolis police who are having to punch way above their weight these days. Under, I mean, I mean, it's the ultimate power play. They're they're shorthanded, and and the other side outnumbers them. So it seems sometimes, and and they can't be everywhere at once, even in the best of times. These are not the best of times to be a Minneapolis cop. Let's be honest. So what you have is a shooting with two dead, eight in seven seven or eight injured. Reports vary, and that on top of another shall we say, mass shooting earlier in the evening, uh, which led to another dead and a couple more injured. It brought me back, by the way, since we're going through a lot of deja vu today, brought me back to when I first reported on gang violence in Minneapolis back in 1986 when I was at the Evil Talk Empire. KSTP, AM 1500, they're not a talk station anymore. They're not the competition. They barely register on the numbers anymore, so who cares? They still exist, but you'd never know because... There are other sports stations in town. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I, I, it's part of covering the story of, of the first real raft of gang shootings in Minneapolis, up in the north side. I was talking with a Minneapolis cop who said the safest place to be in a gang shooting is the target. Because these gang kids don't know how to shoot. And that would be fine if there weren't innocent bystanders or kids doing their homework in buildings 45 degrees off the line of fire up on the second floor who 
are the ones who seem to get hit. I mean, the, the, the very clinical term stray bullet has been thrown around a lot this past week to, to discuss the three children under the age of 10 who have been hit, two of them wounded critically, one of them killed in the past month. And Bible gets you 10, the eight victims that didn't die, and likely or not, at least one of the two, I, I bet dimes to dollars, uh, one or both of the two uh, fatalities from last night's shooting on, on First Avenue North weren't the intended targets. I can speak to this from personal experience. In 1998, I had a drive-by shooting in front of my house in St. Paul. I knew the intended victim, the kid who lived down the block, sold a little weed, apparently stepped on somebody else's turf. A couple of, you guessed it, white supremacists pulled up. No, they weren't. They were gangbangers. They were, they were, they were gangers of, of, of a, uh, bangers of a gang from Frogtown. I'll leave further description aside. But they pulled up at 3 in the morning and unloaded with a, count it, twenty two caliber automatic. Firing eight shots, reloading, firing eight more, and speeding away in a dingy yellow Toyota Tercel. The gangbangers doing the shooting fired 16 shots in less than ten, eight to ten seconds. They hit the tree in front of my house. They broke a window in my parlor, and they left a bullet I found a year later in a window frame on the third level of the house. I mean, they were shooting up at a 45-degree angle for the love of God. Thirteen other bullets, I have no idea where they landed. I know where they didn't land, in their intended target. They did come closer, I suspect, to my sleeping children than they came to the intended target because that's the way gang members shoot, apparently. Nobody taught them marksmanship. And if you are a member of a rival gang, that's good news for you. But if you are anybody who's in the stray bullet envelope, which even with a pistol can be a mile away, not so good for you. And by the way, these three children and, and eight other in likely, likely innocent bystanders from last night and very possibly at least one of the two or both of the two victims last night, uh, f- fatal victims last night, join an endless stream of people, many of them children, Hit, paralyzed, killed, while sitting in houses nowhere near the action. I remember this was one of the episodes that that prompted even the Minneapolis mayor and city council, Sharon Sales Belton, and the rest of that mob of, at that time, we thought progressive misfits, to crack down on crime in Minneapolis when Denisha Gillum, a 12-year-old black girl in North Minneapolis doing her homework at the kitchen table was killed by a stray bullet from a gang fight. And it was too much for the people of Minneapolis, even Democrat-run Minneapolis, run by Sharon Sales Belton, who at the time was one of the most, quote, progressive, end quote, mayors in America, and would probably need to run as a Republican today because she would not get endorsed by the Minneapolis DFL. It's what it took 25 years ago to to get Minneapolis to clean itself up. What will we get today? Well, Chief Arredondo of Minneapolis uh, had a uh, press release this morning, and I quote, These brazen, senseless acts of gun violence must stop. The, perpetra- the perpetrators of these crimes should never find refuge or anonymity in our communities. Now, it begs the question, or it introduces the question, who are the perpetrators of these crimes? Because Chief Arredondo referred to gun violence. So was the perpetrator a gun? Was, was that, was that what, what levitated itself from... A, a gun shop in Eden Prairie floated into to Minneapolis and started busting caps on First Avenue North? No, it wasn't. We can say who it was, though, can't we? By the way, the phrase that has come out and, and become an instant social cliche over this last year since the, the death of George Floyd has been some 
adenoid a little twerp going, say his name, say his name. Okay. Say their names. Say the names of the perps. You don't know their names yet. That's fine. You're still investigating. But say their names. Say who they are. Be honest about who they are. They're not guns. They're not white supremacists. They're people with gang affiliations who do not have the legal right to keep or bear arms or vote or do much of anything else in this country. I'll bet you a shiny new quarter that that's exactly who did this shooting. Say their name, Chief Arredondo. Oh, much more when we come back. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. That's 800-764-2179. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. At Salem Media Group, we are looking for sales professionals with a rare blend of talent and skill to be a part of our community. First, you know beyond any doubt that sales is your thing. And while your current situation may not embody this ideal, you are still committed to the consultative process, a sales method that incorporates creativity and partnership deeply rooted in a matchmaker philosophy. Second, you truly are a fanatic about prospecting. You love the hunt. You think about new business all the time and always have your antennas up for leads that make sense. And third, you are what we at Salem Media Group call an appointment procurement professional. That's right. You're skilled and adept at gaining a face-to-face audience with key decision makers to investigate win-win opportunities. If this threefold identity describes you, call me, Nick Anderson, General Manager at 651-289-4408 or visit us at am1280thepatriot.com. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 The Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com. AM 12A, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, don't forget, after the top of the hour, I'll be talking with some of the organizers from Speaking Proudly. And if you know any... High school-aged young ladies who are into oratory, into speaking, into, into public speaking. This is a great event. I was a judge two years ago. I remember complaining, it's two whole years till next time? Well, here we are. It's upon us again. And if you have a young lady somewhere in your life in high school who is into public speaking and a little bit of politics, does it? it's nonpartisan. Any point of view they want to take, feel free. Anyway, this uh, next couple segments after the top of the hour will be for you or Let's be honest for them. Uh, so I hope you can uh, hope we can connect some of you with the organization here. Anyway, we were talking before the break uh, about how life has a way of disturbing the plans of the public relations flax. Downtown Minneapolis uh, is remains dangerous. Now, whenever you say this, by the way, 
And this pops up a lot in social media. Whenever someone, especially someone from the political right, says, yeah, these downtowns are kind of dangerous, you will get somebody or other saying, well, you're just a plush bottom you who from Burnsville or Woodbury who just can't handle the city, which, by the way, is inevitable. You dig into these people. They are inevitably one of two different classes of people. 25-year-olds who work for nonprofits and who aren't worried about their catalytic converters being stolen because their only vehicle is a bike. And I love biking, don't get me wrong. Not casting aspersions here. Uh, but that's the only bike they that's the only vehicle they worry about. Or retired, usually retired or, or nearly retired people from the public sector or the media or government or the nonprofit industrial complex or education. Who are retired and who live, as luck would have it, in Linden Hills or Crocus Hill or Kenwood or St. Anthony Park or Highland Park or some of the posh, leafy, tony neighborhoods in the Twin Cities that don't have to worry about, I don't know, getting mugged at the train station because they take their Volvo to work or they have been working at home for a year. They're not found on the train uh, or uh, people who, who for whom there is no skin in the game. And I love having it out with those types because I live in the midway. <laughs> I live not far at all uh, off of the beaten path crime wise. And so I love it mixing it up with th- these folks here. The fact is, perception is reality. And, and yes, I did, in fact, commute to downtown Minneapolis and mixed it up with some of my conservative friends. Who said, I'd never go down there. I, I did it for years. I wanted to go to a concert at night at the Dakota. I would walk down to the train on University Avenue, jump on the train, get off at 5th and Nicollet, walk down Nicollet Mall after dark and go to a concert and then walk back up Nicollet Mall and get on the train ride home to Hamlin and University and walk my way home. Now, I'm a six foot five guy. And well, all my guns fell in Lake Superior, so that's not an issue, but. There was a time when I might have had a nasty surprise for someone who tried any tomfoolery out on the street, but not anymore. Not me. I, by the way, I would never buy a gun because uh, the thought of taking human life terrifies me, But or the thought of using a gun for any reason, I mean, just terrifies me. But So I, I, I mix it up with both sides, but right now I'm highly disinclined to go downtown myself just because... You, you you pick your battles, you pick your risks, and if you do believe in the whole doctrine of defending one's self, you, you, you pick your battles and you don't go where trouble might be because it's never really worth it. And I think an awful lot of us, once you get past the, the chuckleheads from the nonprofit industrial complex chuckling about how they are <laughs> the city is perfectly fine, and for them, by the way, it largely is down in Crocus Hill. <laughs> uh, it's it's not worth the risk, certainly not worth the money. And honestly, for an awful lot of us, the idea of spending money and having any but go into taxes to the city of Minneapolis is just a nauseating thought. I will be honest and say, since the pandemic started, I've been to Minneapolis other than the far eastern fringe of Lake Street once, count it one time. Oh, and I visited a friend way down south Minneapolis another time. And it's starting to get people on the left nervous. Ezra Klein went out on Twitter this morning, uh, yesterday uh, afternoon, actually. And he tweeted, and by the way, I've never been one to have a whole lot of regard for the the, 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 the opinion of Ezra Klein, who is one of the founders of Vox.com, which is one of the symptoms that uh, tells you modern journalism is effectively dead. But. He makes a good point here, or actually, he makes a point I think maybe he didn't intend. And he uh, quoth Ezra Klein, violent crime is spiking. Homicides in cities were up by 25 to 40 percent in 2020, the largest single year increase since 1960. Ooh, doggy. And 2021 isn't looking any better. This is a crisis on its own terms. So far, so good, Ezra. But it's also a crisis for the broader liberal project in two downstream ways. First, violent crimes supercharges inequality. Oh, you're dang skippy, it does. (laughs) Families who can flee do. Businesses close or never reopen. Banks won't make loans. Property values plummet. Children are traumatized with lifelong impacts on stress and cognition. Second, fear of violence undermines liberal politics. 
Just look at America post 9-11 or after the crime surge of the 70s and 80s and 90s. Politicians win. Punitive responses like mass incarceration or warrior policing rise. Social trust collapses. Gosh, why would that be? Why would social trust collapse when you have the very real impression you're taking your life or at the very least your safety and your property in your own hands when you go into a place that was once called the Athens of the 20th century? Kid you not, the Fedora's Travel Guide in 1986, when I had barely moved down here, referred to Minneapolis as the Athens of the 21st century, and it had its points. It wasn't wrong. I mean, it was hyperbole. I mean, they're trying to sell books. Back when travel information came in books, kids, ask your parents. But it was a wonderful place to be. Relatively inexpensive. That's why I moved here. Uh, decent, fantastic job market. That's why I stayed here. Uh, I mean, you could afford at that point for afford to live here, and the crime rate was pretty manageable until the Murderapolis years, and then became manageable again. It became quite a safe major metro area till now. And that's why you might see places like Minneapolis and St. Paul start to think of something to do about it because it's, as Ezra Klein puts it, uh, affecting a cri- as a crisis for the broader liberal project. See, the fact that you can't run a business without worrying about getting burned out and looted from wall to wall isn't the problem. The fact that liberal politicians' gravy trains, their system of organized graft that transfers money from you, the taxpayer, statewide to them and their political class might get upended, might get disrupted, might get starved of money. That's the problem. This subject is nowhere near over. Uh, By the way, much more to come on that. This is going to be one of the big subjects of the next couple of years. Uh, So, uh, by the way, uh, you start to see that maybe there are a few people taking this seriously. I was a little shocked to see Fox 9 covering people saying, why are you not protesting the grandmother of the young woman, a young girl who's killed? It's because it's not a cop who killed her? They're on to that something there, and that story disappeared faster than the Edmund Fitzgerald folks. When we come back, speaking proudly when we return, Northern Alliance. Balance of Nature, changing the world one life at a time. He's got more energy, definitely. He sounds more more alert. This is great stuff. I'm feeling, uh, feeling a lot better. Uh, I'm probably going to be with you for a while. <laughs> the thing I feel the most positive about is I just have more energy. And um, that's the the thing that I was really looking for. And, and, you know, something else I've noticed is I'm a lot calmer. I just feel mellower. Another thing I'm noticing is that I'm not as hungry for carbohydrates. And when I want to eat, I'm starting to eat things that are better for me. I know that this is a good path for me to go on. I can tell there's things that are happening and I do feel better. If you've helped everybody as much as you have me, boy, you're magic. And everybody remarks, not just family, but people that I haven't seen in a long time and people that see me that say, you are looking so good, no way are you 82 years old. The balance of nature really is giving me energy. I like to maintain my health. and I have a feeling of well-being, waking up in the morning, and I feel great. I think balance of nature is really uh, helping me. Like I said, uh, the feeling of well-being and feeling of energy. Yeah, I have a lot more energy during the day, and I work 10, 12, 14 hours a day, so I, I do have a lot more energy. I just feel like I'm healthier because of it. So, I mean, that's great news, you know. Taking more than three or four, I'm taking you know, up to 10 a day of each. So that's why I'm going through it so quick. Nobody gets enough veggies or fruits, I don't. So this is my solution. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature right now. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get free shipping. And don't forget to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code BALANCE. Do you feel that your voice is heard at work? Want to feel like your ideas are appreciated by management? 
longing to find a career path where growth is real and not just discussed around the conference table. Strategic Companies wants to meet and talk to you. Strategic Companies is a 3PL warehousing and transportation company with more than 30 years of experience in the business. From entry level to management positions, we are currently looking for candidates to join our growing team. Conveniently located in Egan near 494 and 35E, we value our employees and provide a collaborative, inclusive, and empowering workplace where everyone is encouraged to make a difference. We offer competitive wages and a full benefits package. Check out strategicwarehousing.com to see a list of current opportunities. Join a company where you are more than just an employee. You are part of a family. Strategic companies, more than a job, it's family. Learn more at strategicwarehousing.com. That's strategicwarehousing.com. AM 1280, The Patriot. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.